What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. <laughs> Hello and welcome, friends and enemies. Welcome to Exploring Evil. I'm your host, as always, Jeremiah. If you like the show, please share with your friends and enemies on social media, as word of mouth is the best advertisement one can get. Tonight's story is about a Mexican cult and the High Priestess of Blood. Now, let's explore some evil. Look around. You're surrounded by dozens of people you grew up with. You're in a damp, dark cave deep in a mountain in Mexico. Candles flicker on the walls and the bat's cries are deafening. A beautiful woman comes forward through the smoke which appeared out of nowhere. She is adorned in silver and jade jewelry and an ornate gown and headdress. To all in attendance, she is the reincarnation of an Incan goddess. She is the savior your whole village has been praying for. She looks over the crowd gathered to worship her. She points at you. You're overcome with emotion. You feel her love and the envy of your friends and neighbors as you make your way to the front of the crowd. You fall to the ground at her feet. She takes your hand in hers and you feel the warmth as the cut in your hand flows into the goblet in hers. She drinks the blood and labels you a dissenter whose punishment is death as your former friends and relatives drag your body to doom to be consumed by the masses. Yerba buena translates to good herb and generally refers to a plant from the mint family. The village of Yerba buena sits nestled in the mountainous region of northern Mexico with the nearest town being Monterrey in the Mexican state of Nuevo León. The dirt streets stretch through the village and become one with the prairie just beyond the last hut with the clay-tiled roof. Yerba Buena was a poverty-stricken, educationally-challenged community. The fifty or so villagers were hard-working and very superstitious. Eighty-three percent of Mexico is Catholic, down from ninety-six percent in 1970. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and the good people of Yerba Buena were practically starving in abject poverty. Going to Mass every Sunday wasn't paying the bills, and the people sought to climb out of the pit of the impoverished by any means necessary. Brothers Santos and Sayetano Hernandez thought Yerba Buena would be an easy mark due to the superstition of the local villagers. 
They were petty criminals who jumped from town to town and scam to scam, but came up with an idea that would change and end the life of Yerba Buena villagers forever. In early 1963, the brothers were somehow able to convince the villagers that they were divine prophets and had spoken to the Incan gods that would make the wildest dreams of wealth come true. They convinced the villagers that the Incan treasures hidden in the secret caves in the mountains would all be theirs if they just did what the brothers told them to do. The brothers wanted their blind loyalty and, of course, sexual favors. Now, the Incan tribes were actually in pre-Hispanic Peru and the Aztecs were in pre-Hispanic Mexico, but the Hernandez brothers didn't let that get in the way of their scam. So the brothers and their followers set to the task of clearing out the caves in the mountains to be the temples of the Incan gods. The villagers succumbed to the pitfall of greed and did what the brothers told them to do. The brothers set out to rule their kingdom and began performing rites over the villagers. The brothers used the men and women of Yerba Buena as sexual playthings. They would hold orgies and use narcotics as part of their ceremonies. They also demanded financial taxes from the people of Yerba Buena. But after a few months, with no changes in wealth or work for the villagers, there became civil unrest and the villagers began to question the validity of the brothers' claims. So the brothers came up with another trick to tame the anger of their subjects. They would bring the gods to their people. And so, the Hernandez brothers set off to find someone to play the role of a god or goddess, as the case may be. Enter Magdalena Soli. Magdalena Soli was recruited from the nearby town of Monterey. Not much is known about her childhood. She was a prostitute from a poor, highly dysfunctional family who began selling sex for money at an early age. Her brother Elazar acted as her pimp, and it's said that she took part in incest, fetishism, and pedophilia, all as a teenage prostitute. Her role was to play the part of the reincarnated goddess Coatlicue and High Priestess. They achieved this through introducing her at a ceremony through a smokescreen they made with powder. A cheap parlor trick, but the villagers had already been conditioned to believe. What no one could have guessed is that Magdalena would begin to believe the lie as well. She developed a theological psychosis. She was always a religious fanatic who had delusions that she was in fact a goddess. She combined psychosis, religious delusions, delusions of grandeur, sexual perversions, sadism, incest, fetishism, vampirism, and pedophilia. Let me repeat that. She combined psychosis, religious delusions, delusions of grandeur, sexual perversions, sadism, incest, fetishism, vampirism, and pedophilia. This may bore some of you, but I want to go over the meanings of these words because it's the biggest list I've gone over to date, and it's important to note just how messed up she was. 
Psychosis is a mental state where connections with reality are severely impaired or not present at all. Religious delusions occur when individuals are preoccupied with religious subjects that are not within the expected beliefs of an individual's background, like believing that you are a prophet or a god. Delusions of grandeur, it's a false belief of self-importance or greatness. Sadism is getting sexual satisfaction by inflicting pain and embarrassment on others. Incest is sex with a family member. Fetishism is a form of sexual behavior in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, activity, or part of the body. Vampirism, of course, is the drinking of blood. And pedophilia is sexual feelings towards children. Hers would soon become one of the first documented cases of women serial killers with a clear sexual motivation. She was an organized murderess, visionary, sedentary, sexual predator who killed in groups. Organized as in she had a plan that she followed to supply herself with victims. Visionary in that she may have had hallucinations that guided her or confused her and sedentary in that she didn't travel around looking for victims, they were brought to her. Shortly after joining the sect, Magdalena took over. Two of her followers grew tired of her empty promises and chose to leave the sect, but it wasn't to be. They were labeled as dissenters, and this couldn't be tolerated. So Lee condemned the two to death, and her prisoners of fear carried out her wishes. The two dissenters were brought before her as sacrifices and were sentenced to maiming, cutting, and beating to death. Their blood was then mixed with chicken blood, and the followers drank the blood out of goblets. After the first two murders, her crimes escalated. She became bored with orgies and narcotic use. The high priestess demanded human sacrifice. The sacrifices were labeled as dissenters and they were beaten, maimed, and cut for bloodletting. The priestess drank the blood, handed the goblet to her priests, Elazor and the Hernandez brothers. The blood, they told their followers, gave them supernatural powers and they would share the rest of the blood with the villagers. According to their mythology, the blood was the only decent food for the gods and would keep them young forever. Over the next six weeks, four more villagers were sacrificed, and it had devolved to the point where Soli was dissecting the victims' hearts while they were still alive. But, during one of these rituals, an outsider had snuck in to watch the ceremony. Sebastian Guerrero was terrified by what he saw, and the 14-year-old boy ran all the way to the Villa Grand police station. He told the police that he had seen a group of murderers who were gluttonously drinking human blood like vampires. But the officers laughed and thought Guerrero must have been high. The next morning, Officer Luis Martinez took Guerrero home, but Guerrero showed him the cave where the sacrifices had taken place. This was the last time Martinez and Guerrero would be seen alive. After the disappearance of Officer Martinez, the police took the cult seriously. 
and on May 31st, with the help of the army, arrested Elazar and Soli on a farm with a large crop of marijuana. Santos Hernandez was shot by police during the raid, and his brother Sayatano had been murdered by a member of his own cult who wanted a piece of the priest's body for protection. Many cult followers barricaded themselves up in a cave and exchanged rifle fire with the army, and several died. The ones who were arrested were sentenced to 30 years for the six counts of murder for group or gang murder. The villagers were sentenced lightly as the courts cited the lack of education and impoverished condition of the followers. The courts were unable to prove that they participated in any of the other killings because the villagers refused to testify. It took a perfect storm for this terrible crime spree to take place, a literal campaign of mayhem and treachery, the likes of which hadn't been seen since the time of the Aztec tribes in Mexico. It's hard to imagine seeing a neighbor, friend, or loved one sacrifice to a god you actually believe in. The fear that one would undergo in a circumstance such as this, the am I next thought coursing through your mind day and night. So there wasn't a whole lot of information available, but that's the story of the High Priestess of Blood. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review and spread the word about the show. I'm excited to find that we now have international listeners in Australia, Ireland, the UK, New Zealand, the Czech Republic, Iraq, Denmark, and a beautiful French island in the Indian Ocean called Reunion Island. Probably saying that wrong, but I gave it a shot. Please spread the word on Facebook and any other social media sites as well. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. In whatever time zone you're listening to, thank you for being a part of Exploring Evil.